The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. I'm your host, Ann Gelsheimer, and I have a wonderful guest to introduce tonight. Just as a bit of preparation for what I promise will be a fascinating and very unusual discussion, I would like to take a moment to review what I discussed in my last episode, because I think it provides a context for tonight's discussion. Last week, I shared my perspective on spirituality as a journey of remembering or rediscovering ourselves as essentially spiritual beings who are having a temporary physical experience as humans in this world. To support this view of us as essentially multidimensional spiritual beings, I noted some evidence provided by the founders of the various religions, also evidence from quantum physics, from near-death experiencers, from meditation, from the Monroe Institute, and even from top-secret U.S. military research programs such as Project Stargate that have confirmed our capacity to project our consciousness throughout space and time and even to observe and make contact with other forms of intelligent life in the universe. I also suggested that the so-called paranormal experiences, such as telepathy, contact with spirits of the deceased loved ones, precognitive dream experiences, these experiences are not signs of being crazy, as people worry sometimes when they have them, but rather they are important clues that we are capable of knowing and experiencing so much more than what our five physical senses are able to perceive. So now, my guest tonight is Mary Rodwell, who is recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers in the UFO contact phenomenon. In our conversation tonight, Mary will be helping us take the next step in expanding our understanding of who we are as spiritual beings by sharing her extensive research based on her work with more than 3,000 individuals and their families who have described experiences of direct contact with non-human intelligences, also known as ETs or extraterrestrials. Mary's research focuses on the transformative outcomes after contact, including lifestyle changes, a more universal spiritual perspective, and what she believes are new, upgraded programs for humanity. Mary Rodwell was a nurse and midwife, and now works as a counselor and hypnotherapist for contact experiencers from around the world. She's the author of the wonderful book, Awakening, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life. And she serves as the principal of ACERN, 
which stands for the Australian Close Encounter Resource Network, as well as director of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, and the short form for that is FREE. Mary, welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio, and thank you so much for getting up early and for being willing to be on the program. And it's a pleasure. Always um, wonderful to speak to um, uh, individuals like yourself in interviewing on the bigger picture rather than looking at just the nuts and bolts of what I call consensus reality. Uh, that, for me, is always exciting to be able to share. Oh, wonderful. Well, we have so much to share. I, I've been going through your book, and you and I have had some interesting email exchanges. So let's get right into um, Let's maybe you could summarize briefly your experience of when when you started becoming aware that contact with extraterrestrials is really happening for people. I think it it almost happened at the time my very first client came telling me that he'd heard I was open minded and that in itself was a um, I I think that that meant a lot to me because of my research has been always very eclectic right from a young child I was always interested in anything that was strange weird and wonderful in other words the mysteries of life it was something that you know intrigued me and I was brought up in a very conventional you know catholic paradigm but also very aware of the spirituality um, reading a couple of books prior to my first client I think was very synchronous and I, I don't honestly see coincidences. Um, uh, I just feel that's part of the soul flagging you to tell you to take notice of something. And I'd read two books. One was Dr. John Mack's book, who was a, um, a professor of psychiatry at Harvard University, wrote about abduction, human encounters with aliens. And I picked this book up along with another one, um, which was Communion by Whitley Strieber, who had experiences with ETs and interestingly just a, a month or so before my first client. So I'd read about this but I thought it was very rare and never in a million years did I think that someone would walk through my door actually telling me they'd had this experience. And, and what was fascinating was the very first thing he said was, look, there's no support groups for this. For this, they just think you're a loony. They're just crazy. And as he began to tell me about his experiences, it was very clear that he was a very intelligent, articulate man who was saying it wasn't just happening to him, it was happening to his partner and his children. They were waking up with marks on their body, they were experiencing out-of-body um, experiences, a whole range of things. And he said, look, she, you know, my partner's terrified, people won't come to the house because they think it's demons. Mm. And it was... It was, to me, it was very clear that this was his truth. And, and you just have a knowing with when you're working with people, as I've done over 30 years on a psychological perspective, somebody who is unwell to somebody who's trying to manage an extraordinary human experience. And there was no doubt in my mind that Ellis was someone with that. The fact that it was also affecting his family. And interestingly, I took his case to study when I was doing advanced counseling at the time and actually presented his case. And interestingly, the whole group in supervision and there was a range of psychologists, there was social workers, a uniting minister. Interestingly for me, not one of them said they thought Ellis was crazy. In fact, they started to share their own unusual experiences. Oh, so I love it. Sort of opened the door for them to share this. And it, it, it started an amazing discussion. So, 
that was really a confirmation for me that this was something really important to take notice of. And from that, I decided that I needed to know more. It's, you know, the mystery intrigues and, and that it really was, you know, the start of it for me. Now, I know that there's a lot of fear that, that surrounds or often surrounds the idea of contact, uh, and, and there's different reasons for that. I, I know there's some initial fear that experiencers have, and then there's movies and there's television programs that can be very frightening. But I love the fact that you use a different language. You don't call people who've had these contact, contact experiences abductees. You call them experiencers. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. What has, I think, created enormous fear is the very word abductee. Yeah. And that's not that some people, uh, and I'm not diminishing the fear, I'm not diminishing the fact that some people really feel this is what's happened to them. But with those that feel that, probably about 25% of the 100% that I work with, um, a good 70% do not feel this. They actually feel completely differently about their interactions with these visitors or star beings or intelligences. The ones that feel they've been abducted, often what has happened for them is a lack of understanding. When you work with them on a deeper level, many of them, you know, in, uh, through hypnosis will discover there has been something more that's on a, a, a subconscious, superconscious level that is um, an understanding of their relationship with these intelligences. And one of the questions that is very important I believe, is for um, those having experiences to have that depth of understanding that, that, that are they really a victim or is this in fact something that's happening on another level that on some level they understand. And often I've discovered that, you know, the fear is often the fear of the unknown, the fear of not understanding. When you take them to that deeper level and you ask them, have you on any level consented, often to their own surprise, they say, yes, but before I came here. Right. So this takes us right into the soul journey. And that for me is really the crux of all of this is, you know, as, as you were so beautifully saying as an introduction, is that we come into this life with, um, with, without the memory. You know, we're, we're coming here to re-remember who we are. And for many of them, they discover that they've come from a lot of these different star systems, from the very beings they're interacting with right. um, in human form. And this can be one hell of a shock to start with. But interestingly, when I ask them, you know, does this resonate with you? They will say, yes, it does. But it's still very difficult for me on a conscious level to come to terms with it. And that's the one, you know, that's not everyone's experience through that, but that's been a majority. And for those that are not frightened, why would they call themselves an abductee when really it's an experience? An experience uh, um, gives it a neutral, objective way of explaining what's going on or encounters because that's actually what's going on as well. So it's, it's taking away or a, a loaded energy that abductee offers because it isn't relevant to quite a majority of those that are having contact. Oh, I love that. I, I really resonated with that for myself um, because immediately you can step in and explore more safely, you know, the meaning of it and, and open up to it. Now, you mentioned in your book, too, that there's, there's the classic 
kind of contact experience and there's the more subtle contact experience. Could you tell uh, the people listening a little bit more about that? Well, the the classic is the abductee type scenario that, you know, Whitley Strieber experienced, for example, in his book Communion. And again, 25 to 30% will experience maybe waking up or being in a kind of trance state, feeling presences around them, feeling they're being taken or levitated to a craft and, and perhaps perceiving that certain procedures are being done, whether that's um, genetic material being taken, um, seeing often what they would say is the little greys, maybe taller greys, sometimes seeing mantid beings. Um, They may actually see some humanoids. They may see other, you know, a a whole range of different types of beings that that seem to work together. And and this is, you know, they'll wake up in the morning maybe with nosebleeds, marks on their body, um, strange scars for example these all fluoresce in black ultraviolet light so there is evidence of an experience sometimes they'll find their pajamas back to front or inside out some have even found themselves outside with all and all the doors are locked so they you know there's no way they can get outside so these are some of the very certainly traumatic and certainly can be extremely scary um, types of what is is known as the classic abduction or or contact experience. What's interesting with that is that the more the individual seems to understand what's going on, the less it's that kind of in-your-face kind of experience. It's almost like they're saying, have you got it now that something's happening? Now, once you do that and there's an acceptance, it's, it's like the interaction will change. Um, so that they don't, that there isn't the same kind of indicators in in quite that dramatic way. So that you know they're saying, well, I, I've accepted it's happening, and when that happens, it can shift them so that their interactions become more and more conscious and less and less in a trance state or in a dream state where they get more and more understanding. Beautiful. And how does the su- more subtle form of contact? I know some people never maybe never have the the classic abduction experience but they've been having subtle signs what would you what would be an example of that well that's something that i've included in the questionnaire that i send out it takes in knowings feelings sensings mm-hmm. in other words it's honoring the multidimensional part of who we are because many people will write to me and say i haven't got anything i'm i don't feel i'm being taken against my will i haven't i've always known i'm not from here that I, I can't understand humans. I find them very barbaric. I wonder why my family, who I feel is out there, has dumped me here. Um, my body feels too dense. I know that I have come for a reason. I've got a sense that I have something to do, but I don't know what it is yet. And I get very frustrated. I, you know, I, I don't get the materialistic lifestyle. I don't get, you know, the way things operate here. It's just so primitive. Many of them will already be aware of having other senses. They may see energy fields. They may, even as a child, know that they can tap into their family's thoughts, maybe particularly the mother who they'll be in resonance with. They'll feel and sense their parents' emotions. Um, They will be aware of knowledge that they haven't consciously learned, that it's like they'll go to school and think, no, this is rubbish. Whatever I'm being taught, that's just not that that's not right and they'll just they'll even query it and challenge the teacher because they know it's not right because of this understanding they will feel that yeah there's there's that you know like especially you know I'll mention the children in a minute but the children particularly 
um, have conscious recall of their interactions and it's not on, you know, a, a level of trance, for example. But there's just this sense they've come to a very primitive planet. They find it very, very difficult to be here. That makes sense. And I, I've, I've definitely have heard that from so many people who have also felt a very strong connection to the stars and, and to ETs, but really couldn't remember why. So Mary, what we're going to do now, I think it's a good time to take a break. Um, and when we come back, I'd love to ask a question about why it is that some experiencers seem to remember uh, for their whole lives what happened and some do not. So this is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, Back to this week's program. Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today is Mary Rodwell, and we're having a discussion about contact experiences and the different kind of contact experiences that people have with non-human intelligences. So just before the break, I was uh, suggesting to Mary, I'd love to hear about why some people seem to remember from childhood their contact experiences with ETs or non-human intelligences, and some do not and actually need some help with uh, the use of hypnosis to get those memories back. It's a very good question. And the way that I've learned to understand it by working with so many individuals is this that we come in with a soul mandate and for me it, it it you know it always seems to go back to what the soul um wishes to experience on this planet and for some they've they decided to come in in as a soul with more memory than others so that whatever they wish to achieve on in this human existence this time will be um what uh, what will unfold for them. For, so for some, it, they're going through what I would call a more shamanic, more uh, uh, transcending fear 
type of uh, uh, experience with the UFO experience, for example, which, and, and when I say shamanic, we all know that the shaman has to transcend their personal fears to operate in a multidimensional world. And I call it the UFO abduction type experience as a, a very shamanic kind of journey for waking up and being able to operate in their multidimensional reality, whereas you have others that, don't, that have no need to experience that. For them, their experience of being human is this sense of alienation. So they have come in on a, on a planet where they are experiencing something that is very different to most of, uh, most of the others that they are um, experiencing this, this lifetime with or their human experience. And each generation appears to be, you know, a different level of awareness so that as we notice with those that have experiences, it's coming down the, the genetic line so that the grandparents or the great grandparents will always be one who will say, oh, my, my grandmother was a bit strange or she was a bit fey. And then there'll be the mother who maybe goes through a more fear type experience or is starting to realize that they were always different and nobody really understood them and they didn't know why they felt different to the rest of the family. They felt almost like they've been adopted because they were different to their siblings. And then they get the children of those parents that are what I'm going to be writing about, which is the new, the new human or the, the star children um, upgrades. Now, these are being born and have been born in the last um, probably 20 plus years and they have far more conscious recall of who they are um, and when you get to the ones that are you know 15 under for example they'll tell you what planet they're from hmm. they'll tell you why they've come here they'll tell you what skills they have they'll tell you why they've come to help this planet wake up because of what's going on here they will understand the way things work here they see energy fields many of them communicate with animals and will will sense and feel from those multi levels some of them even have to learn what solid is because they see everything as energy so for them you know it really is an alien planet because they're coming in with awareness where most of their the older generations do not see and experience the things that they see and experience so it, unless they have parents that understand it can be very scary and very confronting but they have absolutely no fear of the visitors or their family and they will, you know, I've got an eight-year-old that told me the mantid beings are his family. Oh. Um, he's got a human mother that looks after him and he loves her, but his real family are the mantid beings. And he goes up on the craft and he, he has conscious memory of interacting with them, of doing things on the craft, learning things on the craft that he says are everything to do with the great, you know, our multidimensional reality or uh, if you like, the way that science is looking at it is the holographic universe, that we are multidimensional and what we're operating in actually as a soul or a soul essence is a multidimensional reality of experience and consciousness. And it's an ever-expanding awareness that we, we're developing to be able to appreciate that, you know, starting out with the smaller experiences of, you know, uh, telepathy maybe in the family just knowing when someone's in trouble to these yeah. much bigger experiences that you're describing with these kids who see every energy and everything and have um, you described in the book you know the very high intelligence very quick grasp of information even bodies that are stronger um, and heal better than your average physical body that was fascinating <laughs> 
Yes, and and what's interesting is that we we have some scientists now, um, and you know at least one of them I know is is an experiencer, and what she's actually saying about these children from her own understanding is is because she's one one of them, and she's she's got a PhD in molecular toxicology, and she said that these new children like herself. And she calls herself Asperger's Stroke ADHD. She said, it seems like we have an upgraded nervous system. She has more nerve endings for pressure in her skin. She sees a difference, more of the differences in the shades of color, acute sense of taste and smell and hearing above a normal range and sensitive to frequencies such as radioactive frequency, energy fields, angry people or animals, Um, you know, so she said these are all the heightened senses that these new children have and she's seen it in her own children but we are often labeling these children as you know dysfunctional because they're not operating so well in our limited reality or our perspective of reality which is the third dimensional world that says unless you can touch feel see and smell it it isn't real so they're struggling with their senses which is completely opposite to how you know we are programmed into believing makes our reality that is so interesting um when i'm not doing this work i i work with in with children in the school board and and privately doing assessments and i i get to see their iqs i get to see um you know the symptoms of attention deficit disorder if that's what's presenting if that's what their parents are reporting mm-hmm. and teachers and I do, I mean, it's not, they don't always have the very high IQs. There certainly can be some who have a lower uh, IQ, but I do see that sensitivity. I do see that um, awareness and that love of animals, love of nature. And so I, you know, I guess they're presenting in many, many different ways, but every one of them is so sensitive. And so they do, they're, re- they're reacting very much to what their parents are doing or, you know, the emotions of the teachers, the emotions of the kids around them. It can be a real trigger for them. What have you found is helpful for these kids to really help them be able to, um, to get through and, and to, to sort of adapt to this kind of rough, rough and tumble environment? It's a very good question, Anne. And and one of the things that I asked her was what did she understand about herself and how could she help herself given the fact that she had this extreme sensitivity from all her senses? And one of the things that was was difficult for her was not being understood, not being listened to by her family. Um, and this I think is the first thing that the parents need to be aware of because if they've had experiences themselves particularly, it is more than likely that their children will be having experiences too in different ways. So being open to listening to them is extremely important so that they feel that it's okay and that their parents are supporting whatever it is they're experiencing. But if they're um, having these, you know, either ADHD, dyslexia, some forms of autism or, or Asperger's, we have to understand their new programs. And by that I mean is that what I believe may very well be going on is that we are being encouraged to evolve into a more into more of our multidimensional nature, which means that we're going to ultimately all be experiencing uh, um, a reality that is is very different from what we're programmed into. 
but for t- supporting those that are, that are trying to cope with a very limited way of understanding reality compared to what they're experiencing. One of the things that she, she said was that there are uh, levels of acetylcholine and dopamine in the brain that are higher in letter people. And she said if you give them more of the vitamin Bs, for example, because they need more choline, but also other vitamin B family members, you can actually help stabilize them and help them cope better um, with, their, with the reality that the rest of us are experiencing with so that they can, if you like, manage it and balance out their high, high awareness and their, their, um, their ability to tap into more. So even with diet and with understanding what they need, you can actually help them to balance out rather than give, you know, Ritalin or any of these other things that actually dumb them down, which actually get them to, um, to vibrate at a lower frequency so they can actually operate um, more in this third dimensional reality. So there's some practical things there that I talk about and I'll be talking more about in depth what this particular scientist understands about her own um, uh, sort of, she calls them letter people, um, mm-hmm. how she's managed to be and manage being a letter person that her children were. So she's actually explaining what it's like, but she's also explaining what you can do to help them, as well as understand we are evolving. Every single one of us now is on this planet is reaching a point where we are changing. And through that, more and more people are becoming more intuitive, seeing more things. Um, they're becoming aware of more things. Uh, many more, you know, seeing UFOs um, in the sky. Every six minutes around the globe, somebody's seeing anomalous lights, for example. That every one of us actually is being impacted by this shift in consciousness, which I believe these intelligences who um, we have an the evidence is, is something else that people can look into, that I believe that we have some of their genetic material in Homo sapiens itself. So it's almost like they're saying it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to realize that we're not the only species in this, these galaxies and universes and that not only that, they want us to behave um, in a mature way rather than little children that still think that you know, if you have a disagreement, shoot somebody um, and actually start to operate in a way that we actually realize how much we're connected to one another. Well, that makes so much sense. Um, yes, I've seen that research too, that, that we do have this DNA that comes from elsewhere and have so much in common. I was thinking of uh, Dr. Greer's research into the little Atacama, Atacama humanoid, mm. this little uh, in the Chilean desert, they found this little body, or that's where it came from. And when they did mm. the research, it was the DNA was sufficiently different from ours not to be uh, strictly human, but very human in other ways. Just like a chimpanzee and a human being share many, many aspects of the DNA that, that have in common, but there was a, enough of a, uh, of a difference to know that it, it wasn't exactly us. But it suggests that we come, that we, we share DNA with these beings that perhaps come from other places. That was just one of the experiments that I was uh, aware of. So it sounds like the, the ETs have been working with us for a long time. There's some genetic, perhaps some genetic engineering going on. What do you think is the purpose? What, what, what are they hoping for at this point in time? All these, ET beings perhaps being born into human form and, and then the contact with ETs, where do you see it going? Well, if I listen to the children, 
and I th- I love listening to the children for one reason. They don't read, they don't watch talk shows and they don't read books. So their information has a clarity that I think we lose as we get um, conditioned and programmed out of that sense and that awareness. And they're saying this, it's time for humanity to wake up, to realize who they are, to realize their origins. And because we're very close technologically now to being spacefaring species or uh, and traveling interstellar, we, to be part of the galactic community, we've got to have at least the maturity to understand what that means. And so it's almost like, you know, you've got a three-year-old who's got a loaded gun. And, and as they don't understand that the gun can kill someone, we have to, you don't give the gun to the three-year-old. You wait until the child uh, is, becomes an adult and you say, look, this is a dangerous thing. This is a dangerous weapon. And, I, and, and my analogy is we, we've got, you know, these w- terrible weapons now that, that not only can kill one, each other, but we're even trying to weaponize space, which to me is, is horrendous. So, they're they're basically trying to give us the the, the uh, a kick um, a very quick education, and they're doing it through their interactions with us when they take the um, the adults and the children up onto the craft. They're teaching them how to operate in a multi-dimensional world, and also to see the potential of what they do, so that they can see the consequences multi-dimensionally in terms of energy, feeling anger, feeling hate feeling and understanding what weapons can do from a multidimensional level because many of these intelligences are saying that when we let off a nuclear bomb, that actually affects all the dimensions and affects them. So, you know, this is what we have to understand. We are not isolated and the only intelligence in this, this matrix of consciousness. We are a really very tiny part of that intelligence and and we are now going to be playing with the big boys and with that we have to grow up fast so this is why there is this uh, multi-dimensional educational program going on not only with the adults and the other generations but particularly with the new children that know why they've come here they've come here to help us understand from the level of their awareness and when a child tells me mary i'm i'm from orion I used to work on uh, technologies um, that are way beyond this planet, even to um, time travel technologies. And I have come in with information that, you know, your physicist wouldn't even begin to understand. The nearest was probably Tesla. Now, this is a nine-year-old telling me this. And I asked him, why why are you telling me? Because he asked his father if he could speak to me. And he said, well, it's because of your frequency. Now, this is a nine-year-old explaining to me how he knows it's okay to speak to me. How interesting. So he's reading your frequency. Yes. That's brilliant. Well, this is a good place, I think, to take a break. So uh, in a few minutes, we'll just, it'll be a short break. And when we come back, um, I want to ask you a lot more questions about signs that someone may have experienced contact, because I know a lot of people listening to the show will be interested in that. Um, and also, I've got a few other kind of unusual questions on my list here. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. The 
Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, Back to this week's program. Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today is Mary Rodwell, and we've been talking about so many different things related to human beings who are having contact with non-human intelligences or extraterrestrials, and also the new children that are coming in with a great awareness of that kind of contact that's always been conscious, as well as other abilities. But Mary, I wanted to ask you, uh, for many people, they don't have necessarily full memories, but what are some of the signs that uh, a person may have been having contact with non-human intelligences through their whole life? Simply, many of them will say, I've always felt different. Like, um, I almost like I've been adopted. I don't feel the same as my own family um, or my siblings or my parents. They will say that... Um, they really struggle with the schooling. They'll, they'll really struggle with this whole focus on a materialistic lifestyle. Many of them are very intuitive. They may see energy fields. They may see spirits. They may feel they've you know, got a guardian angel or this kind of thing. And some of them will you know, work in the healing fields because that, that resonates with them. They will often say, look, I feel I've been dumped here. I, you know, I, I don't feel I belong on this planet. Um, I'm aware I have abilities, but I'm not really sure what they are yet. Um, they will have maybe precognitive dreams so that, that you know, they will sense um, things that may happen in the future, for example, which can be very disturbing. Um, they, they may have a sense that they can tune into other people's thoughts, for example, as well. So their multidimensional selves are, are a lot more active and they will just have that sense that, you know, I, I don't belong here. And, and that will be one of the, you know, one of the uh, many ways that they may have a, um, a sense or feeling that they maybe recall past lives. They will say, you know, I've always remembered that I, I you know, I, I was on other planets or they will say that, I, you know, I, I remember my past lives. And the, the hardest thing is for the older generations is that a lot of these things are, are dismissed 
um, as you well know from mm-hmm. your own, you know, psychology, that as soon as somebody says, "Well, you know, I'm I'm hearing voices," or uh, "or I'm seeing things that um, aren't standard." immediately they're put into a dysfunctional uh, category and what is really unfair and wrong and disturbs me greatly because of my own work with so many individuals is that this is the the reason many of them have this this what I call this double life the life which is the one or the role that they play on this planet which is doing all the normal things they will not share all this other side of themselves it's almost as though they can't they're not safe enough because of the judgment or the fear that somehow or other they will be seen or perceived as being um, psychologically unsound and and this is a big one for me because I've talked to people that have been um, and one of them is in my book uh, um, in the fourth chapter a young lady who contacted me at 19 and told me that she told the doctor that she was seeing aliens at 14 and he diagnosed her as schizophrenic and she was put on a cocktail of medications that in fact she nearly committed suicide a few times until she finally realized that maybe this might actually be real after all and then the dilemma is if I believe that then I've, I've, I've been taking this awful stuff that's been making me feel so awful when actually that shouldn't have happened. That is why I'm probably the most passionate because I believe she is one of perhaps millions of people that question their sanity because at the moment, because of the truth embargo on all of this, people do not realize that this is what's happening, that we have been interacted with all through human history and Mm -hmm. the gods of old were actually these intelligences. Yes, there's there's a lot of evidence to support that from you know the hieroglyphics in uh, in the Egyptian pyramids and things that they found in uh, Babylon, like the where Babylon was. I mean, just there's a lot of archaeological evidence and paintings through throughout the Christian era that show little little what appears to be uh, ET craft in in behind in the sky behind Mary's head in some of the uh, classic paintings. So mm. very interesting things. Now. One of my cur- sort of curious questions, uh, you'd mentioned that there's sometimes um, f- fears that individuals have as a result of, um, or, or, or th- that are a sign of having had contact, things like clowns. Um, you mentioned spiders, and I was just so curious about what this, <laughs> the spiders, like what, what that actually might have been uh, hiding or a screen for, or just if you could yeah. explain that. It's a very good question and, and the phobias um, can be anything from being uncomfortable in long passages to lifts, mm-hmm. for example, because it, it is actually often connected to being up on the craft where they're taken around corridors or the fe- feeling of being levitated up into the craft, for example. The clowns are a screen memory um, and for children that are, are fearful of clowns, that is because often the ET will present in a form they think uh, um, the child will be okay with. After all, clowns make you smile and laugh, don't they? But they mm-hmm. seem to sense that it's not a clown. The same will be with Santa Claus. They'll present as Santa Claus or they will, you know, wolves or cats with big eyes. Owls are another screen 
for um, the ET where they'll, they'll um, utilize what's familiar to you in your consciousness and present themselves in that kind of a way. But with the spiders, the arachnophobia, this is far and extreme of anyone, you know, just having a bad encounter with a huntsman spider, for example, in their bedroom. There are interdimensional beings that look like spiders. And so that this is where, you know, the spider one comes from is the interdimensionals, or at least some of them may look like a huge spider. And so if if they've got an extreme arachnophobia, not the average one, but the extreme, Mm -hmm. sometimes that is definitely an indicator that they are having uh, you know, experiences with not only the, the physical beings, but the interdimensional ones or extra dimensional ones as well. And there's probably hyperdimensional ones. And there's probably some that are coming from our future as well. If you really want the gamut of the different ways we're interacting with our non-physical world. Oh, that's fascinating. And these uh, interdimensional spider-like beings, what, what information have you gotten about them in terms of their, what they're like? Uh, obviously, they're frightening to look at. Are they actually benevolent or what's your sense well it's really hard because it's like a lot of the beings like those that have interactions with the reptilians you get some that have had um, benevolent and loving interactions you've got others that have had terrifying interactions and it's hard to know whether it's because they look scary that they're frightened or in fact they've had some awful experience with them and what I usually say if they can possibly do that is to get a sense not only from not so much from their image but what is the feeling they get from that particular being for example to give them more of a sense of whether it's a loving um, intelligence or whether or not it's it's something that they you know they um is is perhaps less uh, more self-serving for want of a better word oh that's very good i I like that so you're you're not just uh using your eyes but uh, a whole lot of senses to Mm -hmm. sense the danger or not now um also, you talk a bit about implants, which is such a controversial subject, I know. Um, but what is the information that you've received from the people you've worked with uh, regarding the purpose of implants, whether they're physical or non-physical? It's a very good question, and it's very complex, a lot more complex than I think people realize. Certainly, Dr. Roger Lear, in his book, The Aliens and the Scalpel, has taken out solid implants that show uh, a range of anomalies. But what people have to understand is that some of them may come from the ETs, but some of them may come from human abductions called uh, military abductions. So it can be one of either of those. And, and that is really important. What people will say to you that have them, I will say, do you get a sense of what's going on with them? And one young lady said, well, actually, the ones that I have helped me with my um, understanding. So she didn't see it as negative at all. But there are non-physical programs, if you like, that um, also are part of the implanted information. So, and those can come from ETs as well. Uh, and they will see them in in a form. If you ask them to look at them from another level of their awareness, they will see where they are and whether or not they're helpful or not helpful. 
So, you know, for me, it's when I'm working with an individual, getting their sense from their subconscious, superconscious, whether or not this particular uh, um, implant, whether it's from ETs, a solid one or non-solid one, what it, what is the purpose? Why is it there? And, you know, is it something that needs to be looked at more, um, and either removed if, if, that, if that's a possibility? Some, one gentleman had one removed after he'd never had illness. And as soon as he had it removed, he actually had a range of illnesses after that. So in fact, it seemed to be looking, looking after his health. So oh. they're not necessarily negative in that sense. Oh, that makes sense. Absolutely. And in your book, you also talk about um, th- that sometimes there are missing pregnancies, um, there are physical operations that people experience. I know anybody following the the uh, contact experiences and abduction um, novels and, and stories will have heard about this. But I'm just wondering, what, what, what do the experiencers say that the ETs have said to them about this? Because I know that once the fear goes down, they start talking to the ETs and the ETs explain what it is that they're doing and, and the purpose. What have you heard from experiencers? That's another very complex one. But briefly, those that are, are communicating will say that part of their sole sole, um, mission is to provide genetic material for the hybrids because they've got different roles for the hybrids on the craft, sometimes for other planets, they seed other planets, for example. They're mixing genes for different awareness, different um, programs. So it's multi-level and multi-complex. And the ones that are, um, are very aware of it will know why it's happening and they will, they will you know, often go up onto the craft and have interactions with their children. Um, and this is men as well as women, men who may not have any physical human children will say, I've been shown some of my children on the craft and they will feel very connected to them and, and often very loving towards them. And there's a, because they, a lot of them, because of their human aspect, do need to feel the connection and the love from their, their, their biological human parents and not just the mix of, of genetics between themselves and one of the different species that that actually that hybrid may have within their DNA. Oh, that's very interesting. Now, I'm curious, um, switching topics a little bit, I'm curious whether you've uh, worked with uh, people who are engaging in human-initiated contact with extraterrestrials and, and help them integrate some of their experiences, which myself, I've certainly been involved with Dr. Stephen Greer and been out training, they call them the CE5 trainings. Absolutely. And it's it's something that more and more want to do. They feel very, very uh, excited about the possibility that they can initiate this kind of contact. And it's all about consciousness. If you've got the intent and the desire to have connection with these intelligences that are, you know, are, are there, it, it's simply a, a desire and an intent. I um, work with a number of people around, even locally, that um, do these kinds of sky watches, for example, mm-hmm. and they will um, go outside on a clear night and they will sit and put out, you know, where are you? Um, and, and the intent of can, can we see you, for example, um, in the same way it's done with James Gilliland, for example, in, in Iseti in, in the States. And you will see craft. And you will find that they will interact. I was there once with a young, uh, with a gentleman not far from here, and we were doing, we were actually having a meal, but 
looking out at the stars and we were seeing one behave um, rather unusually, one of these strange stars that started to move in different directions. And a, a friend of mine said, Mary, ask them to power up. And powering up means that they suddenly give a burst of energy so that you can see them more clearly. And I almost casually in my mind said, well, how about it, guys? Can you power up? And right away, this particular so-called star just burst into this brilliant light and then diminished again. And we were all quite thrilled that that happened. And it really is about consciousness. It's about what you want. Um, If you really want to do this, then you can go anywhere and do it. Oh, I love it. Now, we've only got a couple minutes left, so I want to make sure that our listeners know that there's going to be a guest web page with your website, your bio, uh, and they'll be able to contact you through that information. But I wonder if you could just give us uh, an idea of your itinerary coming up, because you're presenting in a number of countries in the next few months. Well, I'm, I'm speaking in Nexus, which is the Sunshine Coast in Queensland in a couple of weeks' time, the Nexus International Conference. But then I fly to Scandinavia in uh, the September. I'm speaking in Denmark, Norway, and informally in Sweden, and then flying to the UK and speaking in Leeds University for the ExoPolitics Conference there in October. In uh, November, I'm speaking in Melbourne in the middle of the month. And in December, I'm going to South Brazil and speaking at a big UFO conference by, run by AJ Javard, who's the UFO magazine editor of, in, of the Brazilian UFO magazine. So that's really for this year. Um, and I think that that is more than enough. Oh, plenty. Uh, <laughs> and Mary, uh, remind us of uh, the title of your new book that's coming out. And when do you think it might be published? That's a moot point. The new human, look, I have more or less the material. It's a matter of now putting it all into a format that everybody can read it apart from me. So I'm not quite sure (laughs) when that will be, but I am working, I'm working on it whenever I get a chance. So it, you know, I will do my best to get it out there. I'm very fortunate someone else has actually translated my book Awakening into Japanese. So um, with luck, that will be out relatively shortly for those that are coming from the Asian countries that can read Japanese and you know whatever um, so that's that's um, the latest really with the book um, in terms of finding myself finding me just google Mary Rodwell up will come a CERN um, and my website and what I'm up to and I've got a newsletter that anyone can subscribe to for free if they go to the home page of a CERN they can um, just put their details in and they will get my newsletters which will keep people up to date Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the program. I'm laughing a little because we have had so many technical problems. I've never seen it. I've been doing this show now since November. We were cut off so many times. So I apologize to my listeners if we're not able to get all the kinks out of it. But I think it must be a very important conversation um, because there definitely was some unusual interference. So thank you so much, Mary. And it was just a pleasure, just a lovely, lovely person. It was an absolute pleasure, Anne, and thank you so much for having me. This is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Anne Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.